strengthen everyone here, and that that truly would be a word that would help each of us. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that I'm on target, and and you'll feel like that when you leave. Great to have Mike today. Good to meet him, yes. and all the rest of the family. Everyone, thank you for being here, and um, always great to have each and every one of you. Um, We'll probably just follow like we normally do, and I'll just have different people do scriptures. Is that okay? If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, we have five or six people here that usually will read. Uh, if anybody else would like to, they'll just raise your hand and let me know. <clears throat> but we're going to start with John chapter 15, verse 11. And talking about a subject today we're talking going to talk about joy and it's uh, one of those items that we know is in the scripture but we don't know how to obtain it or how to how to keep it in our life and I hope that today that that something could be said to help each of us to uh, enjoy this and have a great life living for Jesus Christ John 15 and 11 John if you'll read that these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. All right. Now, to con connect you with the scripture, what's going on here, Jesus has been telling this, the, the disciples that um, we are branches connected to the vine. In other words, talking about the church being part of God's kingdom. And secondly, that we are his friends. And so he talks about these two subjects of nine uh, branches and, and friends. And um, at the end of this culminating these two thoughts, he just said that both his joy and our joy might be full. And uh, so I want to talk to you today about where this joy comes from and how do we, uh, seems like we're in a very dismal world we're living in today. A lot of bad news out there forecasting every day in our lives. And thank God I've, I'm learning slowly not to listen to as much news as I used to, so it doesn't have to de de depress me. But I um, want to talk to you about uh, several, several instances of joy here that will be important. Here's my topic. Joy has got to become a reward in your life if joy is part of the journey in your life. So in other words... Um, it's not just a package deal where all of a sudden I'm given joy and I'm supposed to have it. What, how do I get it? How do I use it? But it's a matter of being able to apply um, God's principles in our life and different facets of our life in order that we might have the reward of living for God. And that is the outcome of have, having joy in our life. <clears throat> so let's pray right now. Lord, I pray that you would bless the word. Let me get settled here, Lord. Let me think, talk about the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you for all each and every one who's come today. I pray that you would bless them richly. Lord, that your word truly would be an enlightenment to us and help us. And Lord, that you'd help us to think clearly. Lord, bless in this time in our snack chat. And I pray that your will would be done. And Lord, that you'd be with us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So every Christian needs a foundation of, of thinking that allows us to have joy in our life. It seems that joy is one of those greatest needs we need in our life 
among all the negative, among all the crisis, all the problems, all the trials of life, there certainly are plenty of those around us. And so, though it's obvious, and we know the Bible talks about joy, it seems like it's one of those least understood topics. And that's kind of why I want to delve into it today with you. So, to define joy, it's a state of feeling, but that feeling has the flow from a person's mental frame of mind. So, <clears throat> uh, thinking about this, it can't be just something that God gives us. Now, we know that joy comes from different facets of our relationship with God, and we'll talk about those in just a moment. But we also know that I've got to keep it. I can't just receive it. I've got to use it. How many knows that you can't just get the Holy Ghost, but you've got to learn how to apply it in your life? Amen. And so, consider these things. Uh, real joy has got to be something I can still have, even when, if you'll allow me to use the term, when all hell breaks loose. In the middle of my darkest night, in the, in the times when we're, I'm, I have elation and I have just got a new car and I love it, I still have to have joy rightly placed in my life. Amen. So let's think about just some, these are some things that the Word of God reveals to us today. Uh, Debbie, read, um, um, of course, I, I've already said that we have joy in His Word. John read that these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So we have joy in the Word of God, don't we? Another way we have it is in Debbie Romans 14 and 17. And uh, Susie, I'll let you get Galatians 5 and 22. Keep moving you all along here. But Romans 14 and 17 is going to tell us that we can find joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, we probably all knew that one. Well, let's read it anyways. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right. So we have joy in the Word. We have joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Galatians 5 and 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So this joy is kind of like faith. We have faith in different aspects of our walk. We have uh, every man is given a measure of faith. We have faith to pray for the sick. We have faith to have the leadership pray for us. We have the faith, which is talking about the, the church of the living God. Uh, we have faith that is part of the gifts of faith, right? The, the spiritual gifts. We have um, all of these things are all aspects of faith, and joy has that same connotation in that we have joy in many parts of our walk and relationship with God. Now, Galatians 5.22 said that we have joy as part of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we need that. And then, um, Sandy, get, uh, Sandra, get Psalms 126.5. Renee, get Isaiah 12 and 3. Elaine, Psalms 
talking about where we find joy in the scriptures. Okay, Psalms 126 and 5. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of, of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. Okay, is that 126 oh, five? Well, I got... Mm. <laughs> sorry. I said it was okay. <laughs> Good I verse, it just... I didn't have to read so much. <laughs> 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 that sudden tears shall reap in joy. There it is. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to check out her Bible. That's my glasses. They're five years old. So there's joy in soul winning. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Okay, and then, and then Isaiah 12 and 3. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. There's, there's joy in salvation. Peter said that receiving the Holy Ghost was joy unspeakable. And full of glory, yeah. talking about the talking about a spiritual high when God fills you with His Spirit, and you're and you're related. You you have this incredible joy in your life. Another one is found in Psalms one thirty two sixteen. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. All right, there's joy in worship. Okay, uh, Rachel, um, <laughs> I'll give you a fun one. Oh, you got a computer, so you're okay. Habakkuk 3 and 17 and 18. <laughs> yeah, Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, Neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the old, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So there's joy in a time of famine. Wow. What are we learning here today? That the joy is not based on circumstances. It's not based on how I feel due to my what's going on in my life. God has to have a way of allowing me to have victory no matter what I face. When the apostles were in the in the lowest part of the prison, they they had to be able to have joy in the darkness of the dungeon and the chains and feathers about their neck and legs, that, that God could be praised and glorified. Yes. Amen. Um, uh, John, catch uh, Acts 13, 50 and 51. What? Acts 13, 50 and 51. Uh, 52 also, John, sorry. 50 through 52. Where's Max at? Uh, <laughs> we all thought you said Max. We did. You did. We all you said Max. That's why I said, what? <laughs> Just trying to help out. <clears throat> Keeping our focus on the important things. <laughs> I'm trying to have a little joy over here. <laughs> My wife finds joy harassing me. There. <laughs> Okay, Acts 13, 50 through 52. But the Jews...
Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Kind of like today. <laughs> but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Lyce. Is that a hill or an eye? It's an eye. Iconium. Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Also, even here in persecution, the disciples could have joy and rejoice what was going on. And then, just a couple more. Um, Debbie, 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy Amen. Amen So even in the midst of fiery trials so I'm just trying to point out today that joy is often in the scriptures and that it is a topic that uh, is something that we can desire today in our life, no matter where we're at or what we're going through. <clears throat> one last one. Um, uh, Susie, read Isaiah 35 and 10. Some references would reference this to the end of life or a journey at the end of the road. But to think that there is uh, in amongst the shadows and the cave dwelling that we sometimes feel like that we're existing in, that God has a light uh, and, that, and that there is hope and that the end of the road is that God is going to make your path uh, prosperous and you're going to be thankful for your walk with God. So joy can be found in, in a number of different places in our daily lives. I, so I want to now talk about things that happen to us. Uh, the first and key point I want to make today is that the right choice is what will always maintain a right attitude. Right choices produce right attitudes. When I know I've done wrong, it's hard for me to have a right attitude. Right? That's why the Bible puts so much emphasis on repentance. To be able to turn from what I did wrong and get my heart right so that my attitude can be right toward God. <coughs> and so, Francis Chick, uh, who won the 1992 Nobel Peace Prize, said, you and your joys are in fact no more than the behavior of a cast assembly of nerve cells. I think what he was saying there was, again, uh, where we're putting our emphasis of what we see and perceive in our lives and our confidence and, and, 
and what we are achieving. Joy is a powerful, it's a physical tool in that it hits and 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 it messes with our emotions, doesn't it? It affects us. And it's, and of course, psychologists would tell us today that joy is a very complex topic because um, joy is not um, an emotion, it's the outcome of emotion. Most people never experience lasting joy, and that's what I'm hoping to um, effort, make an effort at today to try to, to allow us to look at our life and see how that we can extend those good thinking in our life and not just be um, overwhelmed and, and be like the waves of the sea tossed up and down, back and forth, and never have any continuity of being able to have this thankfulness for our walk with God. Negative thoughts bring about bad attitudes. Yeah. Can you all agree to that? Victor Frank was a man who was a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp, and he was said to have made this statement, ultimate freedom is the right to choose your attitude. So here he was, and spent those years in the concentration camp, death all around him, never knowing what was going to happen to them as a people. And yet, um, he, he found that through that dismal experience that he was in, that he could change the way he looked at things. And that's something to be held on to today, that we can have that affect us too. Attitudes that are controlled from within us, uh, that, are, that are, let me try that again. Attitudes that are controlled from without is, is slavery. Yeah. Right. Things that affect us and, and we succumb to that. Yeah. You know, someone's mad in the office. Well, that just throws me into a tizzy. Well, it happens. But we have to be able to realize today that that's not how it has to be. One man said, control your attitude and you'll control your freedom. So contentment comes, joy comes, when you make the choice for freedom in your life. Uh, Philippians 4 and 11 just says this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So the Apostle Paul himself writing here said, I, I have, and, he, and we can read in other places in the scriptures that he wrote in the New Testament, that he went through some pretty perilous places, some rough times, faced some adversaries that were, that were out to take his life. And Paul found that he could, in fact, have this joy from the Lord in his life. So happiness is not having what you want, but it's wanting what you have. Boy, there's a, a twist of thought. And I have a lot to learn about that. I, I could see something, a new toy I want. How about you? And I could feast on that for a few days, a few weeks, about what I would do and how much fun I would have and blah, 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 blah. But, but the fact of the matter is, um, there are other days, thank God, the Lord allows me to begin to see what he's blessed me with. 
and I and I begin to thank him for the things I have, and realize that whatever happens in the future, fine, but I'm going to thank God for what I have. The second thing I wanted to talk to you about things, the way that we find joy amongst our lives, our daily living, is is we find joy when we when we focus on eternal things in our life. Temporary has all sorts of negative connotation that usually temporary is a quick fix. It's the new car until you have to start paying five months into the new car payment and, and find out how much the insurance is going to be. And the day you have to go down and pay the, you know, $2,700 for the taxes, right? All of a sudden, the, the beauty of the new car smell has a different, uh, a different taste. I'm not saying I wouldn't like a new car, <laughs> as long as I have the ability to pay for all those things. <clears throat> um, Luke chapter 15 and 5, where are we at? Rachel, are you uh, Luke 15 and 5? Finding things that are precious in our life that are lasting, that are eternal. When he, of course, this is connected with finding that lost sheep, right? He went and left the 99 and went and found that one. But when he found it, the, the what was lost, he, he wanted to, to regain it because it was valuable in his life. The things we own, thank God for them. Souls, possessions, and character are the three topics that really cover much of our lives. In all three of these, we have to have this reference of being able to want God's will to be done in our life through eternal thinking. And that's where we find joy in our life is when we're doing it God's way, isn't it? So, if souls, possessions, and character are important, then seek, find, and rejoice are the outcome of those things. The third, the third category that we have of finding joy in our lives is that creative ability God gave you and I. Think about the, the climate of creation that God, in, in, in the book of Genesis. Well, Job 38 and 5, uh, John, catch 5 through 7 of, of Job 38, kind of expresses this, though it's not the book of Genesis, God's creation. But, but Job uh, has the Lord speaking to him here, and, and the Lord is laying out some things that Job never experienced in his own. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. <clears throat> so the very 
for God being our perfect example, his creative skills began with, with joy. The Bible said that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Because he saw the value of being able to pay the redemption story, the price, for a spotless lamb, right? To fulfill God's plan in order that you and I in 2023 could have a chance to be able to know a life and experience of God that had eternal joy and not just temporary enjoyment. When God created the universe, universe it was joy. When God created man, it was joy. We, we read earlier, but Isaiah 12 and 3, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. God wants you to realize today that your joy comes through eternal thinking. And, and when you have eternal thinking, that allows you to have, and I'm not saying we become some kind of a demigod, and that we have the same power that God does to, to create a new heavens and earth or something like that. I'm not. I don't mean to be out there in Never Never Land. But I am saying that, that we can create relationships. We can create fulfillment of the gospel. We can see scriptures fulfilled in our life. There are so many facets of God's kingdom that we can see when we take advantage of what the Lord has promised us and use it for his glory. It is through building that Noah found fulfillment. He received the plan. He worked on building the ark. He established order of bringing the animals in and doing it the right way. And then he was, had a process of being able to have all things decent and in order while they were there. And when the day opened and the door was opened, all the creation could go forth. Adam, through his creativity, was able to fulfill God's plan in his life. And the outcome was great fulfillment. The fourth area we find is when we are able to set goals that, that include God's plan in our life. Hebrews 12 and 2, Debbie, if you'll read that. Hebrews 12 and 2. Um, setting goals for God's kingdom in our life. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. <clears throat> There's always going to be a, um, a price there's always um, joy never comes cheap. It's like we, we want joy in our life, but we have to realize today that I need to apply these things in my life as I journey on my path following the Lord. It's, it's then that I can say, Lord, I want, that, I want that joy in my life. So joy is a process. It's not an accident. 
It's not something that I could just shake myself like Samson tried to shake himself and have the power of God come on him again. But it's, it's realizing today, Samson, there were some steps I think God was probably looking for in your life that if you had, if you thought about those things, you would have been able to um, have a greater fulfillment when you needed it. So we set goals by, but not for others, but not for our business or for our family necessarily, but first for ourselves. Yes. That we that we make room for God. That we make room in our daily lives. Yes. We give thanks. We praise Him and worship Him. We consider His Word in our life. We have a faithful walk with God. We have church attendance. We we are involved in the in the work that God is doing in our community, and all of these things all help to prepare us to be able to have all of God's fulfillment in our life. His joy is complete when our joy is fulfilled. See, really the plan of God is that God wants to receive through us His fulfillment. And we receive fulfillment when, when we have that process and the steps of God in our life when we're able to do it. To some today, it might seem like it's so far off in, in a vision of how could this ever be, how could this ever happen in my life? But it starts in those little steps, in those little efforts. Try a little here, try a little there. Include God in your life. Yes. You, you may still have the same friends, the same uh, theory, the same thinking, the same job, but, but little by little, it's amazing as we allow the Lord to infiltrate our lives. We can have that joy in the, in the most sweet periods of time of our day. And, and more and more you'll want it, the more and more you'll desire it. Yeah. Right. Joy has got to be a process. It can't be just something that I ran into right. and I accidentally got. Right. It's not like the two-by-four when I'm, when I'm not doing what God wants me to do. Yeah. <laughs> that finds me. Yeah. The fifth thing is, Joy will always make others feel good around you. Your joy will make others feel good. Uh, Susie, read Philippians 2 and 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Paul here understood a principle that our joy is a possible that our joy also comes by when we are investing and helping others to have joy in their life. So it really is a cyclical thing, isn't it? God receives joy through us. We receive joy as we are part of God's kingdom, as we minister, as we touch lives. Um, we are so building people is great joy in your life you say well I, I don't know if I could do that well just being an encouragement being a help to them you see joy is always has to be built on this one foundation in your life it has to be built on this is the sixth point joy is built on self-respect how I feel about myself. 
Some people say, well, that old that religion you got is nothing more than just a crutch. Well, from my perspective of what I found in living for God, that the more I lean on the Lord, I'll admit that's true. But but in that, I'm also finding out that I have a greater sense of who I am, of my worth. Not to look down on another and say, I'm better than you. I don't mean to imply that. But to be able to say, what a wonderful thing that Adam and Eve had before the fall. That they had this they had their own self-respect and they were not afraid to be in God's presence. What worth that is. And we know, of course, what sin entered, that they, they lost that self-respect, didn't they? We are called to make things better for others. We are called to earn our way. Work is, is not a, a, a four-letter bad word. We're called to give and not, and not just to take. Therefore, when others take, I believe God wants us to give. When others tear down, he wants us to build up. When others sap the system, I think God wants us to work it, work this system for good. There is something today to be held of this confidence I can have, not, again, measuring myself by your confidence or lack of confidence, but measuring myself and how I am able to talk with the Lord and be with the Lord and walk with him through my, throughout my day. Joy was meant to be a radiant inward fulfillment. It was meant to, what was happening within was meant to be revealed without. And that's what God wants in our life. I don't go and talk, I don't have joy in all my sentences throughout the day. Very few, very seldom do I use joy in my, in my sentence structure. But I believe that God wants it to be a reality in my life. And number seven, Joy is, is part, talking about this journey, joy therefore must also be found in my thinking of finance, my integrity with how I take care of myself, how I make all that God has blessed me with to work for good. Um, uh, Renee, catch Luke 15, 8 and 9, if you would, please. What woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and sweep diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I have lost. An interesting scripture this is, because in, in Bible days, uh, this was a reference to the dowry that this woman had in order for marriage to happen in her life. And um, it would be talking about the value of this one piece of the ten that she had. You say, well, you know, she only lost a tenth. That's not bad. 
You know, she's got 90%. What's she griping about? Well, it would be like me pulling out a prized position that I have of, of 10 coins that were minted at the same time, all wrapped up in plastic, shield, and, and way back in the late 1800s, and now they were, they were all put together in, in, one, in one set. And you say, well, are we going to just break that open? I'm just going to take one of them. Well, what happens to the value of the value of the 10 together versus just the nine right. that have their individual value? Right. And that's a picture of joy in our life, is that God wants that joy to be something that is the outcome of having, can I use the term having all of our ducks in a row? Being, living a complete Christian life, trying to let God be all in all in our life and not just part. I'll live for God with all my heart on Sundays and Wednesdays, but for the rest of the week, I believe I'll help him. I believe I'll take things in my own hand. But what happens when we can say, I, I'm going to live for God all seven days? What, is the, what does that do to my, my integrity? What does that do to my self-image? What does that do to allow that joy of, of the gospel to shine and be radiant in my life? So joy is the outcome today of some commitments and steps that we make to apply God's word, his principles in our life, and to be what God wants us to be. And you could say, oh, there ain't just no way that's going to happen. And all I'm saying is that sometimes we have to start with one coin. And, and thank God this woman had the, the, the perception of how important that tenth coin was. That she went in and she lit a candle in her house and she swept her floor. And when she found it, she, re, she rejoiced. She called and had a party. Because she realized that this was the completion. This was what made her prepared and ready. Anything less than that wouldn't have been a true dowry, would it? And so you have to realize today that God wants great things in our life. And, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a God who wants to bless us today. He's a God who wants to help us. And you just have to trust him. And uh, realize you can look at these scriptures later and, and, and contemplate them. But don't let the exterior, the things that are going on around you, be the thing that controls your emotions, that controls your attitudes. But today, when you are, have a mind to live for the Lord each and every day, and you can realize that this too shall pass. This isn't the end of my life. This is just a, a day in the process. My God is still the author yes. and the finisher yes. of my faith. Yes. And so, uh, a simple thought, but I wanted to share that with you today because um, I believe it's very important. Avoid shortcuts in your life. The idea of getting now and, and paying later costs you far more than you'll ever know. 
I remember Brother Moss, our pastor in Bartlesville, did a whole study on, um, there's a, um, one of these rental places for equipment that was down the road and, and he went there and got all the details. And um, there, you know, they had a payment plan where you could, you know, get a refrigerator or whatever and, and pay for it so much for the next X amount of months. And it would be yours at the end of that process. And anything short of that, you would have to return it. And um, he he figured out the interest rates and everything. It was it was um, a real ripoff. Yeah. I believe it was, if I recall, it was like thirty six percent interest by the time they got through with you. And um, of course, he he was a, a man who was very uh, it, thought that finance was very important. And I appreciate that knowing him. Owners versus borrowers is part of our thinking about how we handle ourselves. Stewardship versus slothfulness. All that has to do with what my thinking is about myself. Sometimes we have to delay gratification in order that we can have the fulfillment and self-worth that God wants us to have. Out of control lusts are one of those things that goes against joy in our life. <coughs> because they, they demand of us to pay now to get get it now while you want it. And then deal with the costs later. Greed and envy steals joy. It doesn't yes, help us. Yes. I put this in a Christmas to remember is not one that leaves you with anxiety and sorrow of how you're going to pay for everything you bought. I know people that buy so they could say that they're the best parent they could be for their children. Tons of gifts around the tree. Oh, what a price they paid later. So I leave you with a thought today. Desire joy in your life. Realize God wants you to have it. It is available. It's part of God's plan. And you may go through some terrible places, but there's joy. There's joy that's available. I'm not saying necessarily that I always shout and laugh and do twirls like my puppy does. <laughs> but, I, but I am able to look at the circumstance and say, this too is not going to kill me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it through this. Amen. All right, so any thoughts, comments, corrections? Is joy something that you think about wanting in your life? Yes. You know, when you referenced uh, people calling religion a crutch, you know, I hardly, I don't like necessarily. Well, the correct term for religion is fine, but usually people have a negative deal toward religion. Right. But, uh, but as far as God, living for God, 
take out religion and just say living for God. You know, the, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, like you said, I've had the same job. I'm around the same people. There's a lot about my life on the outside looking in. You're like, it's the same, same thing. I got the same thing going on. But there's all those little fine details that I recognize and I know. I know when I didn't live for God, even at the early beginnings of living for God, how I'd call into work being overwhelmed. I'd call into work over emotional letdown. You know, I'd just get so that I'd place on myself most of the time. And it's like I can't take it no more. And so it, it, it made me undependable at some time. Oh. It made me kind of can't really trust John a whole lot. And, and uh, uh, living for God and having that real, that, that real joy, it may, it may go away at times, but, but when you, can, you find him again you, and you find that spirit of God in you again, and it strengthens you, and it puts that joy back in your person. And then you, you do you don't you do the right thing. You go ahead and wake up in the morning, and you have the same thing on you. But now you've handled it. You've leaned on God, so He is a, He is a crutch to me. God is a crutch. I mean, I, I use Him a lot because I, it, it's slow. Everything's been strengthened in my life. Every aspect of my life has been strengthened since I've learned to rely on joy of what, I, what I'm supposed to be doing and how this is all working out for me, I have that self, it's a calming effect on my yes. personality and I, I get that calm deal, yes. which, you know, sometimes too much do I end up being a little sarcastic with people. <laughs> 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 Why are you whistling? What with all the jokes, John? There ain't nothing to be happy about today. <laughs> the saying is coming to my mind, Lord, it's, how to, it's hard to soar with eagles when I work with a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> you know, think of a parent. Boy, don't we as parents go through some tough places with our children. And, and Elaine and I were deceived. We thought it was going to be over, Jacob, by the time they turned 18. You know, we thought they're going to be on their own and they're going to, you know, we don't have to worry about them anymore. That's just not the way it works. Uh, we, we might be more impacted now with our boys that are older. They're in their 30s now. And they, they still are close to home in our hearts. But, but, but it's the joy of the payoffs of being a family, of having us all to get together. And we just enjoy having them come and, and be with us every time we can get them. Anyone else? I, yes, Susie. I've been studying the, the chapter in Nehemiah that verse comes from, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it was talking about when the Israelites came back from captivity and they read the law to them and they were so overcome with grief because of, they knew all these you know years they've been disobeying the law and they were in really bad shape in God's eyes. But God told them, don't be sad. You know, this is a day of repentance. Yeah. Yes. You go, and it's a day of gladness and feasting because now you have a chance to start over. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Yes. That's excellent. Joy is your strength. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, it really is. That verse that you read in Luke uh, 15, we read 8 and 9 about the woman sweeping, lighting a candle. Well, verse 10 says, Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God yeah. over one, one sinner that repented. Yeah. So even the angels 
Oh, that's very yes, good. Yes, yes. I should add that to my notes. One time I was preaching and I out there in the pulpit and preaching away and I, I couldn't think of something. And I I just said the next time you make these notes for me, you need to make them a little bit more explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> we just get our wives whenever we can. <laughs> I watched my mom this last year. Um, I wasn't there when she passed, but I mean, I was there a few months before, and course at the funeral but she was 99 and a half years old and I'd watched her for years in that state of not being able to she wasn't mobile anymore and my, my mom has always been a very active woman she was born and raised on a farm and she she was the oldest of eight and she worked with my grandfather to to do all the farming so I mean she's always been a worker and now to see her you know, in a wheelchair, no longer able to stand, watching her go through that process of becoming more and more of an invalid through those years. And, um, but, but the home where we had her, uh, they would just comment constantly how that there is no one that we've ever seen like Mary who's so happy, yeah. who, who always has a sweet spirit, who, who never cusses. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I think at that age, I think that's probably a, a fairly amazing thing, yeah. because by then you know you're you're off into long-term memory, yeah. and uh, but I I don't mean to just brag on her, but I, though I am very proud of my mom, I but my point is to say that I think that joy goes with us. It does. I think it's a help to us so long yes. throughout our life. Any good thought? More good thoughts? I appreciate all of us hearing y'all. There's more cake, cupcakes, coffee, juices. Help yourselves, please. Did we get the offering around? Okay, thank you. You want me to send it back the other way? No. Reverse it. No. No. Start taking it out. We. If John will just put it in an extra hundred, they will just...